Well, folks, the world has not changed very much in the past week. We all find ourselves still at home and going out during essentials, trying to go to the store and staying safe and washing your hands. I hope that all is still the case. Well, today on Down the Rabbit Hole, we are talking with someone that really made a difference in the first part of the 2019-2020 season. He was my intern from the months of October through December. We're going to be talking to him. Folks, let's go down the rabbit hole. It is my pleasure, fans, to bring in to the broadcast here, Jordan Lank. Hey, buddy. Hey, Jordan, how are you? Good to hear your voice. Yeah, likewise. Uh, finding a way here, uh, I'm sure, back in Arizona, where you find yourself right now, that is pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I would I would think it's, uh, it's pretty similar just that anywhere you go right now. Um, Arizona is obviously not a, not a hotbed for what's going around at the moment. Um, I say that as if it's a, a cold or something, but obviously much worse. But uh, we're all staying inside. We're all washing our hands, trying to be as safe as possible just like everybody else in the world right now. Scary times for sure as we uh, talk it out here on this March the 25th. Uh, This podcast will drop on Thursday the 26th for episode two. So really I I wanted to get a sense here of there was one story in particular I want to get your take on. But first there's one thing in uh, in the hockey sort of things. When you work in a hockey office, you get nicknamed. And um, I don't know if it, it really wasn't the same thing for me when I was working in baseball. Uh, we both have a shared experience in the Coastal Plain League. Um, I just went by Jordan there. Um, and I find myself with about six or seven nicknames here in Greenville. Uh, we can go through all of them for you here in a second. But did you, I'm sure you had a, a nickname as a player, but as a member of the Fayetteville Swamp Dogs office? Uh, when I, when I played ball, they just called me by my last name because it was easy. It was one syllable and super easy to call out on the field. Hey, Lank, do this, do that. Um, not Lanky. But when I was in Fayetteville, no, not Lanky. Um, I had some, some pretty bad nicknames that I probably shouldn't say on the podcast, <laughs> so I won't. <laughs> but, uh, there were, there were some bad ones when I played, uh, when I was in Fayetteville though, no, I was, I was Jordan. Um, and then maybe a couple of days before, um, we wrapped everything up. Um, one of my, my fellow interns and I am a demand who was our, uh, our marketing and promotions intern. Um, we actually did like a, a dual, like a tandem, uh, MC kind of thing on the field for the last game of the year. Um, and then we gave ourselves nicknames. So for, for like two days, I was, I was line drive blank. Uh, she was dinger demand and we came up with nicknames for everybody. Uh, but that didn't last too long. We still refer to each other as that when we're joking around, but. Um, but no, definitely in, in the Swamp Rabbit's office, uh, the nicknames were, were quick to come, that's for sure. Fast and furious. I remember day one you stroll in, yeah. and we're both named mm-hmm. Jordan. We, uh, we'll get to the story of how we know each other first, because there's a story behind that. But I remember day one, you know, we, we ran into the, we're both named Jordan, so we need to do something else. So then you were other Jordan. You put that in I was. initials, and that's OJ. And Brett Sullivan, one of our account executives, then went with the very clever juice, and that you can make the uh, the connection there. I think that's pretty easy. Uh, so juice is what stuck. OJ and juice. 
I don't know if you're proud yeah. to have that, but there you go. I mean, at the beginning, I was I was kind of reluctant to be called OJ. Not like there, there's not anything wrong with anybody named OJ. Um, it was just something that I wasn't used to. Um, nicknames for me um, in, in like third grade, I was called Little JJ because I was in this this like expanded class with third through fifth graders, and the other Jordan was a fifth grader. I was a third grader at the time. Um, so any anything outside of like JJ or like Wang or anything like that, and I didn't even like JJ. Um, that's that's all kind of new to me, so I just wasn't um, maybe expecting that kind of a nickname so quick. Um, and it was it was really funny because when I walked in the door the first day, um, I remember you you actually had a flat tire that day, so uh, so Brett had to come down the hall and take me into the office and introduce me to everybody. Um, and as I'm walking down the hall, uh, I, I actually talked to Brett about that. I said, hey. Um, Obviously, there's two Jordans, so I don't know what's what's going to work out here in terms of nicknames, but, like, I go by Jay, I go by Lank. You can call me whatever you want if you're not going to call me Jordan. And the first person I meet when I turn the corner into the office is our, our creative director, Jay Witt. So I figured uh, immediately, hey, that's not going to work. So we just we moved on from that pretty quickly. So it's a, it's a pretty funny story and, and fun to tell for the people that weren't around for it. Well, you were a big part of things for the three and a half-ish months that you were here. Um, and one of the big things that you really wanted to do was expand your portfolio in a way that, you know, perhaps I would have been scared of if I was just a baseball guy. You are a baseball guy through and through. You played baseball throughout uh, what middle and high school and uh, really had gotten into the broadcast thing. And we can get into, again, that story. It's coming. It's a little tease. It's coming. We'll figure out how we know each other here shortly. Um, but you, your broadcast experience prior is baseball. And you recently, most recently worked in Fayetteville. May they rest in peace. Um, but then there was one game where I challenged you. We were in Charleston, South Carolina. I said, the second period is yours and you're not telling me no. What went through your head? It was, uh, <laughs> that was a, that was a really weird, um, kind of flurry of emotions for me when you offered me that, um, I think we were on the bus and you said, Hey, if you want to do the second period today, I'm not going to oppose you. And I thought about it for a while and we got to the arena in Charleston and, uh, it, it just lingered in my mind. Like, how the heck am I going to pull this off? I've never called play by play for hockey before, but I think your trust in me definitely helped. Um, it was, it was something that was, that was new and scary and very hard. Um, I'll tell you anybody out there who's, who's looking to do hockey play by play. It's not easy. Uh, it's going to take practice and I've only done it once, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I was incredibly nervous, uh, leading up to the, to the second period. I remember the jitters in my stomach as you brought us back from commercial. Um, and I took over the the pilot role, I guess, as you will on the, on the broadcast, but it was nerve wracking. It was fun. Um, I definitely do it again if I had the chance to. Um, but I think that's what it was all about. Kind of, kind of pushing my boundaries. Uh, and it kind of wrapped up the internship for me, uh, in, in an area where I just wanted to push myself to grow and learn. Um, I think that it really served as a culmination of, of all of that for me. Well, unfortunately, the Swamp Rabbits only had three shots on goal in that period, uh, and South Carolina right, yeah, they did. South Carolina scored, I believe, twice, and I 
jumped all over one of them by spreading some terrible analysis. Uh, but nonetheless, well, the, the second one. With pace. Now at the front, they score. A great pass from Dan DeSalvo out front to Mark Cooper, who sent a one-timer right past Jeremy Helvig. And the Stingrays extend their lead. It's 3 nothing. Can't leave a guy that wide open in the left circle, and Mark Cooper's been a guy that's been getting it done all season long for South Carolina. He has been held off the score sheet to six. The second one was was short and sweet and to the point, and I was able to cut that one. And I wasn't. I was thinking about it this morning. Um, I was glad that I got to call a goal in that period. I very well could have gotten shut out, and uh, just to get that first one out of the way, it felt good. It was smooth. I remember you said it was it was natural, so uh, it certainly it certainly made me. It's it's like getting the first hit, you know, when you break into the major leagues. You're not you don't want to get shut out your first day. You don't want to go 0 for four. Um, and I felt like I was going to go 0 for four <laughs> in that period, but it was it was nice to get that first one out of the way. Well, a recent Coyotes fan for sure, uh, someone mm-hmm. who r- routinely tells me about how the Yotes are doing. Unfortunately. Uh, nobody is playing right now, so we have no idea uh, what's to come right now. But uh, also an Arizona State alum, soon to be, uh, forks up, forks up. Um, So you uh, paid attention to the Arizona State hockey program, which I have a lot of connections to myself. I know a fair amount of their roster right now uh, as a former Dubuque Fighting Saint myself. Uh, So let's jump back in the time machine here. Uh, And we only have to jump back about 10 years Mendel Hall, Villanova, on the main line just outside Philadelphia. Um, a little kid from Arizona comes to Philadelphia to take part in sports broadcasting camp. And what would have been a either a 19- or 20-year-old me, uh, also there, um, was teaching these youngins how to do something that I barely had any experience doing. So I don't know why I was qualified to do it, but I guess I was at the end of the day. Um, I remember one day we were going through all the pictures of you and the crew and all of that, but um, <laughs> I, right, yeah. I distinctly remember you walking through the door that first day. It, it, it may seem strange to believe, but I do remember it. Well, the, the, the whole thing with, with sports broadcasting camps, um, I never would have thought that I could go do something like that um, in, in somewhere like Philly. Um, which for those who, who don't know, I guess that's most of you listening out there. Um, I have family from, from the Philly area, from South Jersey. Um, so when I told my family I wanted to go back uh, to the Philadelphia area for a week in the summertime, we ended up doing it four times. They had no objection to that. Um, but getting into well, – I remember walking into in the Mendel Hall that first day, um, sitting down. I remember it was the, sitting towards the front, I think, of the room on the, on the right side if you're facing the – in the lecture hall would have been on the floor left. Yep. But um, it was it was something that's for sure. I didn't know what to expect uh, that first day walking in there, and I think we did icebreakers the first day as we normally do. Um, and and I felt like I was was a part of everything. And I came back uh, three more years after that. Um, Jordan, you were there for every single year that I was, and um, it, it kind of fostered a, a love for me for broadcasting and getting into sports media and, and kind of breaking into the realm and then you helped me do that so so i'm the guy that at the end of the week uh you had to do these uh questionnaires of like what you would rate each station and what you would rate each counselor (laughs) i was the self uh, self self-conscious one that would uh, try to see uh who thought what of me um 
I was towards the top, I think. Uh, there were some that thought I was either too quiet or whatever, but, you know, that's just me in general, uh, aside, away from the rink, so to speak. Um, but, you know, it was those opportunities to know you, and it was those opportunities as well. One of the cool things about that camp is that everyone who got involved with it all knows each other, and that involves counselors with former campers that you're friends. You don't even care that you're you know, seven years apart in age at times, there are people that were like 12 years old during that time that are good friends of mine that are now in the business. It's terrifying. And some of them, I believe, have a lot more skill than me. So, you know, it's it's rewarding at the same time to know that when you get involved in that, that you have the opportunity to get to know people. And I, I know for a fact that those relationships continue on and you were able to uh, herd some of your uh, compatriots over your way at Arizona state. Yeah, actually uh, one of my, one of my better friends uh, from the four years that I was there, Simon Williams, you know, I think I met my second year there. Um, I actually kind of slowly coaxed him into uh, becoming a sun devil slowly, but surely um, he, he came out here for a visit. Uh, I believe it was the summer before his freshman year, the spring before his freshman year or something like that. And I took him out to lunch, and I told him what, what ASU and Cronkite was all about. And uh, I don't know if I sold him or if the, the facilities sold him, but <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't me. But he ended up out here nonetheless. And Simon's, uh, from what I understand, done a, done a great job with uh, some of the student clubs and organizations, and, and he's calling Pac-12 games on Pac-12 Network and Pac-12 Plus. Um, so it's been really cool to, uh, to kind of get that connection from SBC out here at ASU. Um, I can't say that I ever thought that anybody would, would go to college with me uh, out here in Arizona. Um, I would say it was probably way more likely, uh, at least through through my SBC years and maybe even through high school, that, uh, that I ended up maybe at Temple um, and their program there or thinking about Syracuse there um, and maybe, maybe Mizzou or Northwestern. But um, at the end of the day, it was ASU for me, and I'm, I'm really surprised and happy that, that I've been able to uh, bring, I guess for lack of a better term, um, those SBC connections with me. So take me through your thought process when you said, I'm going to contact Jordan and I want an internship with him. So the, uh, the internship in Fayetteville was kind of winding down. Um, we had, I had maybe a week and a half left, uh, in Fayetteville. And I kind of realized on a whim, um, that I had scheduled my classes. So they were all online. Uh, in the fall semester. So I really couldn't do anything that I wanted to do as long as I could make it work in terms of housing and then monetarily um, and what have you. So I wanted to get into hockey. The um, The motivation was that I had just become a fan. Um, the year prior, uh, literally, I bought an Arizona Coyotes frizzy, told myself I was going to become a fan, and I did. Um, my friends were, were super into hockey, um, and I was, I was sick of not being able to understand the sport and talk about the sport with them. Um, so I really wanted to get myself engaged. I kind of carried over to wanting to uh, to work in the sport. And I reached out to you uh, because I knew you were a connection. I knew you you would remember me because we had had some, some interactions here and there um, over the years. Uh, so I, I just kind of reached out in hopes that there was something that maybe I could get my hands on, even if it was, if it was remotely. Um, and I, I just kind of went for it, really. Um, I figured that I don't have anything to lose. Um, I knew I was kind of late in the game thinking about hockey internships. There were a couple that I saw posted on numerous job websites and whatnot. 
um, that I didn't really get any returns on. And I had two connections. I, I had you and I had somebody else in hockey. Um, the other one obviously didn't work out, but um, you were, were gracious enough to have me over, um, have me out in Greenville. And it was one of the best decisions I think I made um, considering how much it impacted my, my portfolio and my career, um, how much fun you and I had there together just as friends alone. Um, it, it was definitely worth my time. So that, I think that's kind of what was going through my head. Um, I don't really have anything to lose, so why not? Uh, it'll be a great experience if I can get it to happen. If not, then I tried, and uh, I'll get something here at ASU, but, but fortunately it worked out. The plus side is that we became even better friends after that. Um, and it's, it's something that really hits home for me is that, you know, with the interns that I've had, and I know that some are really tough on their interns, some that have these really strict, uh, rules and, uh, expect, I mean, not to say I, I, I have pretty high expectations for those I bring on board, but, um, I really think my, my way through internships is, if you do what you feel you can mold that internship into to help you best, that's the best part about all of it. When I was in Reading, uh, about this would have been 11 years ago, um, I just did camera for uh, the coach, Larry Corville. I was up right next to the away broadcaster, uh, which I hope to return to that spot someday. I hope that Reading is on our uh, our schedule next year away. That would be nice. Thanks. Um, but I was there and that didn't help me, so to speak. So what I ended up doing was in every intermission, I would go over and talk to the away broadcaster and I got some great, great uh, connections out of that. And I could have been given into the shyness that I possess and never have said a word. Uh, but there were two interactions in particular that stick out. One was a negative one. Uh, I have no idea where this person is in the business. I will just say it. They told me I'm a wannabe and that I have no place in this business. And the other was Dan Uva, who is now the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights on the radio side. Uh, and that was back when he was with the uh, long since gone Trenton Devils. Uh, and he had been gracious enough to really helped me through. And when I did some American League games, he was right there. Syracuse was in town against Lehigh Valley. Uh, and he hasn't forgotten me since. And it's those connections over the time of being an intern to me and the ability to make the internship yours that is the most important part. If you are someone who is going into broadcasting and gets an internship, ask for the flexibility to say that I have ideas, that these can work, and this is how it's going to work. I mean, for you in particular, let's go through a couple things that you did. So uh, the one in particular that sticks out was uh, getting the goals live. So did you record the whole game or did you just record offensive zone entries? I, I really have to know this one because you were well far <laughs> away from me on this one. Yeah, um, so the, the big thing for me, um, I kind of realized quickly um, – that I wasn't going to get anything if I wasn't behind the goal or close to the goal. Um, so I started to record the, the offensive zone entries. Uh, it got kind of boring, so I had to kind of get creative with some of my angles and the things that, that I could do with that kind of shot. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would basically sit behind the goal or stand behind the goal 
and uh, wait for there to be an offensive zone entry, wait for a play to develop. Um, and, and honestly, I got lucky a couple of times. Uh, didn't press the, the record button until it was just time for it to be pressed. You know, the, the puck is, is on the stick and being fired past the goalie into the back of the goal, and you barely get it. There's that kind of relief moment, like, oh, goodness, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the, yeah, the, the, the thing behind it really was just making sure that I was in the right place at the right time. Um, it involved a lot of running around the well there, uh, lots of sprinting on the concourse at some points. I remember there was, um, I think it was, it went into a shootout. There was a game that went into overtime, then into a shootout where I was switching ends. Um, I think I switched ends maybe three times in the span of about 10 or 15 minutes, and that winded me for sure. Um, but it's just that 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 willingness to to get that shot, to show it to fans, and to say, hey, like, we care about our social media department. We want to show you what's going on here at the game um, so you guys can come out and, and see us. That's kind of my mindset, um, just just making the fans enjoy what we have to offer on social, really. And I think that, uh, that getting those, those goals and getting those angles is really important to that. Running in dress clothes sucks. Let's just start there. It does. Um, it is not fun. Um, and I, I think those that – uh, the thing I'll always think about, and you can join me on this one, there was one point in my time in Lexington where I had to put up a sign that said, don't talk to me during the course of the game. Uh, <laughs> but the thing I think I, I, that people don't understand, and I want them to, perhaps through the course of this, it's not a criticism, just more of a commentary, uh, that if you ask me about a certain facet of a game or a call or something like that, I more than likely won't remember it. Um because the game really is kind of a blur of happenings. There are times where players after the game, they'll be talking about a certain battle in the corner or something like that. Corner battles happen so freaking often during the the course of a game. How in the world am I going to remember that? Um, Mm -hmm. It's such a specialized focus where as a broadcaster, you're working, you can't shut it off. You can't, you know, if the game is, you know, much like there was a game in my time in Dubuque where it was 9-3 in the third period and my, equi- my equipment wasn't working and, you know, it was just absolutely brutal and we didn't get home until after midnight on a Sunday and I had to go back to work that Monday morning. You know, it's it's a little harder for us to remember things and it's a little harder for us to, uh, I don't want to say enjoy it because that's not true, uh, but you can't be a fan about it. And that's the one thing that you have to relinquish once you get into this role. Um, and it's something that is a battle, certainly. Uh, I haven't felt like a fan for a very long time uh, over the course of doing this uh, this job. Uh, but that doesn't mean I can't celebrate in the victories. Uh, and one of the more memorable celebrations I'll remember this year uh, was the return home after the comeback win against the Indy Fuel. Uh, that might be the most fun I've ever had over the course of a 24-hour span here with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Um, but that is neither here nor there. So I kind of want to wrap this up here with your thoughts on what you would tell people that are looking for internships, uh, that want to go into broadcasting or want to even that could go for anything, to be honest with you, uh, what you would tell people in your position. This is something that I really wouldn't have said, I don't think, a year ago. Um, going into Fayetteville, I was, I was really closed-minded um, in hindsight. But I think that the biggest thing is stay open and uh, be willing to do everything. Seriously, 
And uh, I know a lot of people say that. And in any of you perspective, broadcasters or journalists, I've probably heard it in the past and you've probably kind of pushed it aside, but really be willing to do anything and everything to help you grow. Um, when I came to Greenville, I, I didn't think that social media would be such a big part of what I was doing there, but it was, and it helped me. Um, and I think you just kind of have to, to embrace that whole thing. Um, even if there's something that you don't want to do. I remember there were times when I was in Fayetteville and I didn't want to put on the mascot suit. There was a time in Greenville where, where they asked me to be stomper for, for a certain thing. And I wasn't the biggest fan of doing it. But the thing is, you have to kind of get over that this isn't my job kind of idea um, to push yourself to grow, push yourself to learn, um, be willing to, to take the leap. If it's an unpaid internship, take that leap. If, it, if there's question marks, take that leap. Um, my, my thought process is you'll figure it all out later. Uh, get there, enjoy yourself, love what you do, um, and you won't work a day in your life. Uh, that's, that's the way I think of it. Um, kind of cliche, if you ask me, um, but it's true. So um, the, the biggest piece of advice I think I would give to anybody who's looking to, to get into maybe their first baseball or hockey or maybe basketball or football internship, just be willing uh, and open. And even if there's something in the job description that, that kind of turns you away from, from wanting to be there, still apply, get that interview, crush that interview and get that job um, and, and really consider that maybe those things that you, you weren't really expecting to do or wanting to do would really be able to help you in, in the future. Two other questions before we wrap this up. One, uh, because it's me, I need to talk about food. Um, what was your favorite food experience here in Greenville? Ooh, my favorite. And food since it's not sponsored, it doesn't have to be a sponsor yet. Okay, so I don't. I don't have to say Mo's. I mean, gonna... you can. <laughs> uh, you can. They are There's, a sponsor of the Greenville is... Swamp Rabbits. They are they are a sponsor, proud sponsor of the Greenville Swamp Rabbit. There's this there's this thing around the office, ladies and gents. Um, they do Moe's Monday every Monday. Uh, Jordan rounds up a crew of, of four or five every week. Maybe maybe two to two to five would be more accurate. But um, Monday at Moe's, um, maybe not in terms of of the quality of food. No offense to, to Moe's, I love it there. Um, but the, the camaraderie for sure. I remember the last time that we all went there um, after after a Swamp Rabbits win, uh, kind of as the as the goodbye for uh, for Jesse, one of our other interns, and I. Um, Mose was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely grew on me. Um, but I think the, the the biggest food experience. I'm a really big Chinese food fan. Um, so if I say anything other than Oriental House, I might be doing myself a disservice. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Oriental House was was very good. Um, I would be wor- I would be willing to uh, to work on a on a partnership a sponsorship from my home here in Arizona with Oriental House for the Swamp Rabbits. So if anybody your your reps there, uh, Oriental House, if you're listening to uh, to Down the Rabbit Hole today, uh, get in touch uh, with Jordan. Maybe we can set something up. But uh, but yeah, the food there um, was great. I'm always on the lookout for really good Chinese places. There's not a ton here in Arizona. There weren't any in Fayetteville uh, that I could find. Um, so Oriental House really was the one that, uh, that stood out to me. It didn't matter that it was 25 minutes away from where I was staying in Taylor, Taylor's. Sorry. Um, I, would, uh, I would place an order about 10 minutes into my drive to the place knowing that I was going to get Oriental House and pick it up in 15 minutes, drive 25 minutes back home, 
Oriana House, you could be the presenting sponsor of the Down the Rabbit Hole podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Let's make it happen. You could be. Um, the last question is, and this could be more of a highbrow question, what kind of world are we going to open our doors to in a couple months? That's such a hard question to answer. And uh, <laughs> something that On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And something that, uh, that I've been giving some thought over the last couple of days, obviously baseball opening day um, is, is today when you're all listening to this on the, on the release date, um, Thursday, March 26th. That's opening day. It's the day that baseball fans have been looking forward to for, for such a long time. Um, kind of been, been teased with the three months of, or the three weeks, excuse me, of spring training, if you will. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting world that we that we reintroduce ourselves to. And I think sports is going to be a really big part of how we heal from this. And I think that that us uh, us as a as a contingent of, of big sports fans and people that work in sports. We're going to be a big part of, of making everything better in a lot of people's lives, um, and that's that's super important to me. I know I know you're a big proponent of making a difference in in people's lives. Um, it's going to be a really big part of what we get ourselves back into. The NBA I know is is going to take a, a big step on that front. Um, all of the the four major sports when they get going again, um, I think it's it's really going to feel like we're we're out of the woods, if you will, um, where we're kind of in the clear. And, and everything is going to be okay. When sports returns, that gives a lot of people a lot of hope. Um, and I think that, that more specifically there in Greenville, um, I know the season was cut short this year, which, which objectively really stinks uh, for, for anybody involved. Um, but when, when hockey returns, when the NHL returns, when the ECHL returns in Greenville, it's going to give people a lot of smiles, a lot of hope, um, and, and really inspire them. Um, to get out there and, and, and get back to the, to the way that they've lived their lives for however long they've done so. It's, it's a scary time right now, but um, the important thing to think about is that we're all going to get through this together. Stay safe, wash your hands, um, take all the proper precautions, and sports will be back. And it's, it's going to be an interesting world when we reintroduce ourselves. But um, the fact of the matter is that, that time goes on, life goes on, um, and we'll all get through this together. There will be a new normal. Uh, I know it doesn't feel very normal right now uh, to those listening, uh, whether, you know, I know whether it's colleagues that currently have been laid off or, or folks that, uh, that are teachers or, uh, or students right now whose, whose lives have been turned upside down essentially right. uh, because yeah. of this. That life right now is very different, very scary. Uh, you know, hearing the stories about people or in my age group, there was one that is in uh, completely critical condition and in a coma. And it just gives you this this pause and this uh, feeling of like, I have to do all I can to, to get through this. And we will get through this. And I'm hoping that this podcast was a chance to get a put a smile on some faces. And, and we're going to continue to do this every Thursday. Uh, got some plans here for episodes three and four. But I wanted to reach out to Jordan and uh, just have a nice little half hour chat. Uh, and thank you, Jordan, for taking some time out of your very busy schedule, I'm sure, uh, as I oh, did yeah, mine. Oh, yeah, very busy. Yes, insanely <laughs> busy. Um, you know, I full disclosure, on the day of uh, this, uh, recording this, which would be Wednesday, uh, I got out of bed at about noon uh, and had ice cream for lunch. So it's been it's been that kind of day. That's the life, man. That's the kind of life we all want to live. 
day, right? Exactly. Out of bed at noon, ice cream for lunch, perfect. Yes. Uh, I just have a lot of leftovers I need to get through, and I can't invite anybody over to have them. So I'm going <laughs> to have to find a way through that. Jordan, thank you again. Uh, it was really nice chatting with you. Uh, not that I don't chat with you every day anyway, but nice hearing your voice at least. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm very honored to, uh, to be the first guest on Down the Rabbit Hole. Um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to, uh, to being a part in some way or another in, uh, in what, what you guys do out there in Greenville for, for some time. So thank you so much for having me. Um, I'll, be, I'll be listening in the future. Um, you can bet on it. So I'm, I'm very excited to see where this goes. Happy to, uh, to have been the first guest. So, you know, what, you what's funny is that, uh, not only you, but other interns I've had said, you want to talk about being open. Uh, they, they still want to do things even while we're doing nothing and right. you're on that <laughs> list. And I, I don't know what to give you, man. I, I don't even know what to do myself. So, um, just know that I'm thinking. I will figure something out. I'm sure I will figure something out. Anyway, that has been Down the Rabbit Hole for this week, episode two in the books. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Again, we'll talk to you next week. Stay tuned. Again, it is found on Anchor. You can now find it on Spotify. I was told uh, from seven to ten days from when I submitted it uh, that it should be on Apple Podcasts soon. If it's not on there by now, uh, at least check. But I know for a fact that it is on Spotify. Uh, so tell your friends, Swamp Rabbits Nation, Jordan Coon signing off. I don't even know if I introduced myself today, but sorry about that. Jordan Coon signing off here for Down the Rabbit Hole. I definitely didn't. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Till then.